0: Welcome back to House of Bravo, your weekly Bravo recap with a cosmic twist. I'm Emma, an astro and human design reader.
1: And I'm Tasha, an intuitive astrologer, also known as the agent of Pluto.
0: Hello! Okay, well, first of all, hello everyone to our annual year ahead review astro weather review but I would just like to start off by saying Tasha and I just noticed today is Thursday the 21st it is the solstice we are on Jupiter day we are recording during
1: Jupiter hour exactly exactly but I'm really glad you brought up the solstice happy solstice I honestly like for people who are listening, you know, it's no coincidence, of course, that the solstice kicks off cap season or cap season and the solstice initiate the same day. Like however you choose to slice and dice it, you know, cap season and the solstice are interconnected. And it's this idea that, you know, as the sun stands still, which is literally Latin. I think that's what like the Latin word for solstice is like standing still of the sun. It. As above, so below, you know, we have this natural reflection. It is an opportunity that we get to stop moving, come into ourselves and actually reflect and integrate and think about how we want to move forward. You know, in the Gregorian calendar, right? Like we think about this is the time of setting intentions because Jan 1 hits and we want to like hit the ground running. But I think what's really beautiful about the solstice and this initiation of cap season is time is kind of what you make it right and if you really are listening to the natural rhythms of the cosmos like this is a really beautiful time to initiate your intentions in some way and granted yes it is retrograde so whatever planning that you're doing today whatever intentions you have for yourself whatnot It's still a good time to like think it through, even though the vision might be there, because after the retrograde ends and Mercury stations direct on Jan one, you know, as it's starting to regain its strength, that's kind of when you can start to see, you know, yourself working towards your goals or use yourself launching something. So don't necessarily feel rushed to do it all in one day today, but just really take what the cosmos is asking. Stand still, reflect so that you can move forward.
0: Yeah. And also like retrograde, yes, totally a time to stand still and reflect, but also a time to revisit things. And in Capricorn, mm-hmm. revisiting contracts, revisiting kind of these, like whether it's a physical contract or just like a, a social
1: one contract
0: <laughs> that you've made, like this is the time to rethink, is that where you want to be putting your efforts? Because Capricorn is all about like putting your efforts towards something continuously and growing it and growing it and having that determination and that um, persistence, I guess there's a word that I'm trying yeah. to, think that I can't think of. Um,
1: but Only if you can uh, survive in the cold, you know, so that persistence is key.
0: <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So um, I just updated my phone contract and saved a shit ton of money. So that's totally, I mean, it happened right before we moved into CAP, but it's a very Capricornian Mercury retrograde and Capricorn thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, especially with this Kazemi, right? So there is also this Kazemi that's taking place tomorrow. Um, and a Mercury Kazemi, you know, isn't a rare event. It happens like three, four times a year. It happens every retrograde, right? It's the moment when Mercury and the sun link up. Um, and it, intended you know to be this moment of clarity so it's like oh we've been in this fog for like the first half of december and all of a sudden oh interesting maybe there is um an inspiration or an inflection point where you're like okay i i understand what this is about i understand how to maybe reconcile this argument this conflict this whatever right this problem this obstacle so it'll be interesting to see what comes up between today tomorrow what conversations you have um well, if you're listening to this, it would be, you know, <laughs> Thursday, December 21st and Friday, December 22nd, just for context, if you're listening later, um, that will, yeah, that can actually play a big role in setting or charting a course ahead. Now, honestly, I mean, if I were to think about 2013, because, you know, you talked about reviewing, revisiting the past and things like that, I feel like in S in in general 2024 is going to kind of carry the same flavoring a little bit from 2023 especially because so many of the outer planets are like kind of in the same flavor a little bit um you know if i think back even to like the beginning of this year right and back in march um with Scandival with drusidora breaking up or getting a divorce, like the big sort of first moment of, oh my God, like the Bravo. So you're getting shook. And you think about how, you know, that started with the like Jupiter, Venus and Chiron conjunction in Aries.
0: Yeah. There was like this two week period where so much Bravo news was breaking and it was just like one mind shattering thing after
1: the next. Oh, absolutely. And it's funny. It's funny. Okay. or not so funny universe um we get to start 2024 kind of in a similar vibe lol so kind of a sick joke a little bit of a sick joke
0: fingers crossed for more amazing news not that i'm wishing anything negative towards any These, this the good news could be good things you know i just like very excited for the kind of news week we're getting around february 19th when this is going down
1: yeah. So, you know, what we're talking about this year is Chiron and the North Node in Aries coming together. You know, you've listened all year long. You've heard us talk about Chiron and, you know, a lot of people going through their Chiron Returns. It's like around 50, you know, it's like a big moment of reclaiming self, reclaiming vitality. Um, and I think it's interesting that last year we started out in that vibe and this year we're also kind of starting out in that vibe. You know, Emma and I are going to be covering the major transits of next year. Not every detail, of course, but if you want more detail, we're certainly happy to talk to you about your chart. Each one of us does individual readings and also a joint offering that has been quite successful thus far, I would say, based on responses.
0: Yeah, and so much fun to do. We've really been enjoying those.
1: Yes, but okay. now back to the forecast. So we're starting off with this Chiron North Node um, energy. I mean... A lot of breakups last time around, obviously. And with this past summer in Venus retrograde, like, I think I had never, I had not mentally prepared for the sheer number of breakups that had rolled through this year, especially with Venus, you know, and the South Node, all that taking place. I think Venus and the South Node came together, what, a couple of weeks ago. Like, there's just so much old karma in the air around you know, stagnant relationships, people stepping out of relationships that, you know, feel very imbalanced, starting to advocate for more of their own needs. And I think it'll be very, very important, especially because the solar eclipse in Aries will be involving this Chiron situation. It's like Chiron eclipse.
0: Hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh boy. Oh boy. April 8th. April 8th. Mark your calendars. The beginning of April is like about to pop off, everyone. Yeah. Oh my God. April,
0: May, June. Very interesting months. A lot going on. I feel like it's going to be an energetic roller coaster and a lot of a whiplash because it's like, I mean, of course, like, Transits aren't inherently good or bad, but when you're yeah. looking at them ahead of time, there are malefic and benefic planets for a reason. Um, same with the, the yeah. angles that are being made. So, uh, yeah, that should be really interesting. We're, we're talking about like Aries, Libra relationship themes specifically in the houses that these fall in for you. So yes, broadly, Aries Libra is about me versus other, um, mm-hmm. but it's like not necessarily in the romantic sense. And it's important to note that. So again, you're going to want to look to where this is falling in your houses. Is it going to be like you and your neighborhood? <laughs> you know, is it going to be you and your coworkers? Is it going to be you and a one-on-one person people? So just keep that in mind and try to think more broadly when you're thinking about like how this could be playing out in your own chart. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, like I think if you see even like, you know, if you happen to have like Libra in your sixth house, for example, right, in the south node going through Libra, it's kind of like where you have been people pleasing at work, you know, so it's like a different flavor of that energy. Um, The people pleasing at work thing, I'm referring to uh, Scorpio rise, I mean, Taurus rising. Or people with like significant Taurus placements, really.
0: Anywho, we also do have. So when we talk about the eclipses, it's generally, yes, in one specific axis, but there is always going to be either the previous pairing or the future pairings, um, eclipse kind of intermingling in with this current eclipse season. So last year we saw that as we were moving into the Aries libra axis we still had some flavors of the scorpio taurus eclipses from the season prior and this year we are going to be graced with an eclipse in pisces Mm -hmm. and so here we're going to kind of get a flavor of spirituality, of mysticism, of escapism. But I think also like when we think about this in the context of Aries Libra and in the context of me versus them and boundaries and um, all of that, I think it's also to... um, going to play in, like kind of pulling in the theme from Pisces of codependence. And Mm -hmm. where are you relying too heavily or where are you allowing someone else to rely too heavily on you? Mm -hmm. Um, And then of course, with Pisces, we also have to think of like, where are you maybe leaning on um, a habit too much? Now, of course, we often relate that with um, substances alcohol, drugs, but I think it really could be anything that you are leveraging as a crutch. Um, And maybe it's that thing that's helping you to have an unhealthy boundary with that us, me versus them.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I like that a lot. I like that uh, codependency a lot for this axis. I think also the idea of control and surrender is a big one um, with this Virgo Pisces axis, you know, Pisces is so much about surrender and with Virgos, it's so much about control because you do not want to surrender. Um, and it's like this nice calibration of can- being able to control what you can and letting go of what you can, right? Like it's so much, it's easier to say than it is to implement. And I think this Pisces eclipse, which will be happening, it's a lunar eclipse. Um, so it's very much like, ending chapters or things like getting removed from your life um that's this lunar eclipse in pisces is going to be taking place on september 17th which lol back to making back to school very fun for a lot of people i guess um but yeah it's um you know if you think about the flavoring you know energy doesn't just turn off right as emma was saying you know this past fall this past eclipse season was a pretty potent eclipse season but we also saw it you know being split between Taurus and Libra right so Taurus from the old axis Libra and the new axis so you can kind of see almost like a mirroring of one foot in one foot out like you're going through a change you're going through a progression but it's like okay what do we still have to clean up in this old karma and these old lessons and like what are we still what are we now dipping a toe into um simultaneously so (laughs) just to round up the eclipse conversation we do have so we do have two other eclipses in Libra as well. So just to, you know, give people the spark notes, right? Like we kick off the year with eclipses in um, Libra and Aries and that's March 24th, April 8th. April 8th, that eclipse, that's the Chiron eclipse that I think the Astro Twins kind of coined, but I mean, it's pretty significant. Um, So, you know, if, if there is a particular date you're circling your calendar, like that's a big one to circle for. The Pisces eclipse we just talked about was September 17th. And then we have the last eclipse in Libra of the year on October 2nd a solar eclipse in Libra Um, yes thank you just wanted to give the rundown
0: yeah and what I think is even more interesting about this Pisces eclipse in relation to us in this podcast is that so many people like Saturn is also transiting through Pisces right now we've talked about Mm -hmm. all these ladies having their um Saturn return in Pisces so then add an eclipse to the mix what's that gonna do for our Luann's our Shannon's our um Yeah, there's like so many fun people to be watching. Cynthia, Garcelle, even Lenny. Um, what's gonna go down, Lenny? (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh my god Lenny that's so interesting yeah he did he he was going through his Saturn second Saturn return with this divorce um will pass Mistakes repeat themselves who knows um yeah it's interesting you know we're gonna talk a little bit more about Luen later on in the episode because Luen's got some really interesting things happening in her chart next year in relation mm-hmm. to the major transits going down so we're gonna save that for the end just when you have a better context of like what all we're talking about or what can we expect from next year um I think that Saturn and Pisces meeting, being co-present with Neptune and Pisces with an eclipse, right? Like to think about how powerful that combination is. You think of Saturn, you think of like materiality, you think of things hitting consensual reality, you think of like actual achievement and seeing that achievement or the product of that achievement, right? Um, And in Neptune, it's very dreamlike, you know? And so the symbolism there, can also be really tied to like a really significant moment of dreams coming true
0: Mm. as
1: well right like I don't want to just say you know it all these eclipses can take on like so many different flavors but the idea of the Saturn and Neptunian co-presence is really special and beautiful I think like it's extra mystical it's like a dose of magic if you will um to go to your earlier point or to echo your earlier point on like the mysticism of the Piscean energy.
0: Yeah. I love that. I love that. Okay. So next we have our Mercury retrogrades. So every year Mercury retrograde um, is in a element. So they're either in, because they happen approximately three to four times a year. um, So they're either in a water sign, a fire sign, an earth sign, an air sign. This year, 2023, we had them all in Earth signs, so that was Taurus, Capricorn,
1: Virgo. We had it- two Capricorns. We and we started yeah. the year and we ended the year in Cap. And well, to be fair, we're ending the year in a Mercury retrograde in Sag. Yes, technically, Tactically. Technically. Yes, but <laughs> you know, same, same. <laughs>
0: Yes. Um. So next year, 2024, as we're starting, uh, as Tasha just mentioned, it's ending in Sag. Next year, we're going to have the retrogrades in the fire signs. So this is Aries. Um. Let me do the order this time. Yes, Aries, Leo, Sagittarius, and I think what's interesting about this and the fact that it happens in a specific element is each sign kind of is associated with different things with fire we think about um, action and um, movement and activity these kinds of things and Mm -hmm. each of these signs within this element have different flavors to them so when i'm thinking about the mercury retrogrades and fire signs I kind of think of it as like for Aries, where are you pushing too hard and fast? You know where you need to take a step back and look at where you're trying to initiate, trying to push forward too much Um, for the Leo retrograde, which actually is going to start in Virgo as kind of a leftover from this year's Earth sign
1: retrogrades and then move back into Leo. virgos just never catching a break from retrograde land sorry to interrupt like literally like you're always gonna gemini's and virgos always generally will get hit with retrogrades more but the fact that like virgos are never gonna double this up like classic virgo
0: Yes, not to mention that both Virgo and Gemini like ruled by Mercury. So no matter what, when no matter what sign it's retrograding in, like that's your son's ruler or, you know, your son, (laughs) whatever planet you're looking to the rulership of. Um, So in the Virgo, Leo, Retrograde, it's about thinking, like, where are you letting your ego get in the way, um, Leo? Where could you maybe be more of service with Virgo there? Like, where is your ego keeping you from providing for others because you're trying to focus too much on yourself or trying to put yourself on a pedestal in some way? Um, and then for Sagittarius, which we're starting with, um, kind of where are you mentally getting in your own way or where do you need to shift your perspective so all of these things are really about like yes of course with retrograde take a step back but these kind of different areas and again you're going to want to look to the house that this is transiting in your natal chart so mm-hmm. thinking about where are you letting your ego get in the way and where can you be more of service to others what house is that being applied to is it applied to um as Tasha said the sixth house where it's about kind of your co-workers is it in the 11th with your social groups that you're a part of or um ninth house your institution so anyway just kind of a way to look at those and again kind of see from a looking forward perspective like where might this be affecting me where might i now know to plan around okay these are not the times to be pushing forward in these areas
1: Yes. And for people who are like looking for specific dates, you know, the Mercury retrograde in Aries will be happening on April 1st to the 25th. I feel like that's like post spring break. So maybe like we'll be spared from spring break travel nightmares you know um actually I, that would be really great after spring break because it's like you
0: partied yeah. so fucking hard and now it's like okay let me chill and stop pushing yes. so
1: much it's like was that fun worth it mm. <laughs> like I feel like that that's kind of the tone I'm getting as I'm reading these dates out you know like oh yeah that's like coinciding with this and also I feel like you know it's spring you're trying to like have this fresh new start so it's an appropriate like it really is just very lovely from the universe like all right let's like think about it before we kick off um <laughs> For the Mercury retrograde in Leo, sorry, in Virgo and then Leo, um, that's going to be going down that whole blob of time from August 5th through the 28th. So basically, you know, end of summer vibes, like before the school year, before the new like work year, quote unquote, starts, you know, maybe you're kind of thinking about who do I, how do I want to get recognized, right? Virgo and Leo kind of so much about recognition and service, like, um, And when I think of those two signs, you know, it's like I've accomplished this thing and, you know, am I good at this thing? Like, so maybe it's a time you also reharness your skills, maybe like go back to, I don't know, like spruce up a course or something so that you go back to work and like feel confident um and then the last of the year mercury retrograde and sag is going down between november 25th through december 15th which lol we get spared christmas but thanksgiving gets a takes a hit um for a family conversation so you know just like think about okay well i know i'm going into thanksgiving next year probably a little heated or probably prone to miscommunication so maybe i'm just gonna choose the high road and like detach a little so
0: what day does that end December 15th 15th oh boy so we will have Mercury and Mars retrograding
1: at the same time okay I didn't want to say that yet to people I didn't want to like (laughs) skip people off because yes Emma is alluding to the fact that we have two years have passed since that god-awful Mars retrograde in Gemini which I think in the from a Bravo perspective also oh it was so good (laughs) I mean incredible right like that's when you got the Lisa Rinna like craziness and then she you know quit the show and she was going through a sound return so you can kind of see like how these like other transits in the context exactly exactly, exactly. Bloody, period <laughs> I mean that one's a big one but I mean also the biggest one was Scandafall because a lot of the confusion and a lot of the who said what and it, like you know when bravo con started and you know raquel showing up with the tom-tom hoodie and like Shorts later confirming different timelines things like that so mars in gemini leading up into scandinavon right so the fact that that was in gemini and already caused so much drama like the fact that we're going to a leo mars retrograde i'm just like Lord, that's going to be prime content time from an entertainment perspective. Yes, Um,
0: from an entertainment perspective. And then from a personal perspective, it's really going to be a time to chill. Like, (laughs) a time to chill.
1: (laughs) Yeah. 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 So that Mars
0: retrograde is from December 6th of 2024 into February, 2020, sorry, February 23rd of 2025. So it starts in Leo and then Mars is going to retrograde back into cancer.
1: God. Disaster, disaster for you because you're a Mars and not I'm just kidding. Not a disaster, but Emma, as you know, you've been known to call your Mars a soggy Mars. And The degrees that this Mars retrograde is hitting is like on my sun. So I feel like terrified for this moment. I'm
0: actually not because I was really scared about that Mars retrograde in Gemini. And that went fine. And you know, all my Gemini placements. So I feel like if I can survive that, I can really survive anything. (laughs) Yeah, I am very excited about what content this would bring us. And then again, so like an opportunity to rethink where we're exerting ourselves, um, Mm -hmm. especially with Mercury at the same time, where are you exerting your mental energies? Yeah, Um, burnout
1: for sure is like ringing loudly with this Mercury and Mars together. Yes,
0: and you know what? It's also saying to me, take a fucking social media break. Oh.
1: It's all the goodness to come. I'm just kidding. Oh, no, I
0: know. I mean, for like the normal person, you know, you don't have to be saying so much. You don't have yeah. to be doing so much. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I also. Yeah. Oh, my God. So with the Mars retrograde, you know, like just to t- you know, like we're t- we're trying to make it sound all great. Um. But yes. So like I feel like in Leo, this could be the two spectrums, especially like with the Leo cancer, like the fact it's happening in both. Um. Temper tantrums abounding, which, like, I that's what made me think. Social networks made me think of that because it's like I just imagined when I thought of this transit, I was like, oh my God, Trump on Twitter. You know, like how Trump just gets on Twitter and says the most crazy things. And it's like, oh my God, what's he thinking? Like, that's what this energy is giving me. The fact that you're just going to like say whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the yeah, yeah. other hand, with cancer, um, it could also be like a go inward, also with a retrograde, just like a going inward and not being able to express that anger. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So actually, it's like I feel like it's kind of a good way to end the year. Kind of how we're like ending the year on the Mercury retrograde this year. It's like this kind of I feel like from the yeah, I'm gonna bring it back I'm a Sagittarius rising. We're gonna bring it back to the silver lining. I feel like it's a gift from the universe. To okay. end the year, being able to like put your energies into closing out things that you've started but are lingering, and it's like really just close twenty twenty four. Um, with all your dots, I- in a row, dots eyed and eyes dotted and T's crossed. There we go.
1: <laughs> eyes dotted and T's crossed. Okay, okay. My cancer sun self is gonna be optimistic and not define myself by my past experiences with retrogrades. So. We will, you know, onward and upward, onward and upward. Um, But I love that you mentioned Trump. Oh, well, because I feel like, you know, the talking with the hands. So Gemini and it just so happens. And well, I mean, hello, Miss Gemini. I feel like I should leave you to announce the arrival of Jupiter. In yes. Your
0: time. Well, but before we even get to Jupiter in Gemini, we have to talk about the last degrees in Taurus before it yes, gets
1: there. You are correct. Uh, there is some significant shit going down.
0: Yes. <laughs> Yes, there's going to be a Jupiter Uranus conjunction in Taurus. Do you have mm-hmm. the that? I don't have the date. That yet. is,
1: I think, around April 20th. Lol, classic smoker. I'm like, oh, 4:20. That's a big date. And then oh, like, true, true. I remember thinking that. Right? I together. My oh my god! Imagine that would be the biggest smoke like group rally situation ever. Like that just feels like such a Jupiter Uranus and Taurus situation, but it's um it's about twenty two degrees for those who are wondering like where it might be hitting in your chart. So like you're a later fixed sign, this is gonna impact for you. So if you're a later fixed sign, that means like you know twenty to twenty five ish degrees um of Leo, of Aquarius, of Scorpio. Like big things hitting personally for me, ascendant descendants getting rocked. So this and my Mercury. So this is going to be interesting.
0: Hey. Well, also, so then we have um, when Jupiter gets to 29 degrees Taurus, it's going to have a conjunction with Venus. So that could be a really lovely energy. Mm. And some of the Bravo loves that stood out to me for this time period was Jessel because she's got a Taurus sun and moon and then Candy and Caroline Stanberry, who both. Ooh share the placements of sun mercury and their natal jupiter in taurus
1: interesting interesting yeah so you know as we were saying on the show right like one planet does not necessarily denote good or bad it just is there as like a neutral party so in this case even though yes we have malefics that sometimes bring tough lessons but that's really defined by the human experience right um there the universe is indiscriminate otherwise for jupiter you know Yes. Abundance, opportunity, like amazing things are, you know, where you have your dreams, where you have your faith in like, yes. Ultimately, I would describe it as like an opportunity for expansions horizon. I mean, horizons expanding. Horizons Uh expanding.
0: Yeah. I right? think computer, I think expansion. So that can be like positive or negative, but there's just an expansion.
1: Yeah. 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 And in Gemini, it's so much about our communication, our thoughts, conversations. You think about agreements, you know, maybe conversations for greater peace arguments, you know, who knows, right? Like I'm putting out some good, sad vibes in the universe, given the current Pluto and Capricorn Christmas we're navigating. But I feel, um, that maybe there is you know new programming I mean Jupiter and Gemini is going to be amazing for content first of all like maybe there's like maybe a new platform emerges even you know with the combination of Jupiter Uranus and Taurus and like Gemini together because Twitter sucks lol and threads sure I'm on it but like you know, we're, we're still working it. Right. And so I do feel like maybe there is an opportunity for something like big to emerge, um, at that point in time, but from an entertainment content perspective, chef's kiss, like, again, remember Mars and Gemini and the retrograde and how much amazing content emerged from that in terms of like, whole big scandals. Jupiter and Gemini is going to like 10 X that.
0: Totally, totally. So Jupiter will be transiting through Gemini from May 25th, my birthday. Happy birthday. Oh my God, God. what an amazing Um, solar return for you. I know, I know, I'm excited. To June 9th, 2025. So a little more than a year. And what I think is interesting about this is traditionally Jupiter is at fall in Gemini, meaning Mm. it's not necessarily considered positive placement or like an easy placement i guess we can say yeah. and like basically what this means is like astrologically um the planet is less resourced in that sign. So, similar to how, but I like this is how I see it. And maybe it's because I have Jupiter and Gemini. Just like we talk about with square aspects or oppositions, they push you to grow. And when you don't have these placements and everything's a trine or a sextile, like life's boring and you may not really go anywhere because you've got nothing pushing you to think outside the box, kind of. That's kind of how I see placements in fall or detriment. It's like a planet being pushed to become resourceful with what it has at hand versus having everything it needs in Sagittarius for Jupiter specifically. And I think it's interesting when we think about like the Jupiter versus, or like Sagittarius versus Gemini is what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Gemini is about like facts, tidbits, um, whereas Sagittarius is about the truth and like what truth is. So it's like there's facts and there's numbers. But what does this mean when you pull it all together into a research paper with all those facts piled on top of each other? And so I think it's just like kind of for us, for or I should say for those of you who have not experienced this energy anytime soon, it's about kind of figuring out how to use seemingly disparate information to form a more comprehensive perspective that may not seem so easy to put together, but is actually like Gemini, it's flighty, it's quick, it's not spending too much time. So like, I'm kind of seeing it as moments of inspiration hitting.
1: Hmm. I like that moments of inspiration hitting and at the end of the day, look like no one knows the story better than the Gemini native themselves. And they see the big picture and they see how the dots are connected, even if you might not necessarily understand how they've gotten there. Um, So, you know, it's like a really lovely opportunity to open up that mindset, right? Open up a certain way of receiving information, maybe processing, um, you know, a different perspective.
0: Yeah. I feel like it's also like a very ADHD energy of like, and when I was thinking about this transit, I actually saw, um, you know, like those old game shows and they would put someone in a tube and money would be shooting all around them and they have to try to like grab all the money and there's no way you can grab all the money. That's how I see Jupiter and Gemini. It's like, no, you can't have it all. And just like you'll be able to do something great with what you're able to grasp onto.
1: Mm. Oh, I really like that. I'm gonna like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take that. I'm gonna take that in my practice. Yeah. Um <laughs> for folks listening to, if you want to think about what the last time, you know, Jupiter was in Gemini and what that might have meant for you in that area of your chart to get a better handle of how this Gemini um how this Jupiter time in Gemini is gonna be for you. You know, it was in the sign last June. 2012
0: to June, 2013.
1: Mm-hmm. For me, that was when I graduated college. So like, it totally makes sense. <laughs> I was
0: traveling so much for work and it's in my sixth house. So actually oh. really funny. I never thought of that. I love that. Um, So some bravo lebs who are having their jupiter and gemini return uh, we have luann again like we're gonna keep hearing her name come up that's why we're talking about her in a little bit kristen mm-hmm. takeman which i just thought that was kind of funny since like she's come back
1: to us out of nowhere like literally nowhere i wonder if that means that there can be a possibility because she's kind of proven her chops as a housewife here that there'd be room for her in beverly hills land
0: i was thinking it was kind of maybe her coming back but the thing is i really dislike her and i don't want her on my screen like i i actually like her that's so it's so annoying to me and it's like you're you're a little fly on the wall I just want to swat her <laughs> have you watched the rest of the episodes though or no I just watched episode two and it, it was very cringe with all those like 20 year olds and them like oh my God, so around them
1: <laughs> yeah I love Dorinda's like awkward commentary about it like yeah that that I, I I found it enjoyable and cringe both I agree but I think She really, like, holds her own, Kristen. Um, I think also season three. So, like, for me, after watching all three, like, I actually really like her and I would love her energy because it is that, it is, like, a combination a little bit of, like, let me be annoying, but then I'm also, like, grounded because she feels very grounded. And I know she's a Taurus son, so I feel like she has come into that embodied sense. So I'm like, whatever. I'm gonna just do this. Because if I think about Kristen's time on the show last and her getting into those fights with Ramona and getting completely disrespected, whatnot. Like, it's a very different Kristen that we have here. And I actually love this version a lot more than I did even the last version. So Jupiter and Gemini, I'll, Jupiter yes, I'll let
0: you know how I yeah. feel when we finish this girls' trip season. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah but Jupiter and Gemini hoping for Beverly Hills crossover let's go (laughs) throwing it on the universe
0: we also have Ebony Williams Jennifer Aiden Jackie Goldschneider Adriana
1: Mm. Mm. Adriana's interesting too because of her Saturn return um Garrity and Kiki Yes, I love Kiki this season. I hope Jupiter and Gemini Jupiter and Gemini means Kiki gets a fucking mojito or like gets more airtime on the show or something. I don't know. I'm like, give these ladies with Adriana too. I'm like, give them mojitos. It's okay. Potomac has literally like eight people as housewives. Do they actually hold
0: mojitos or are you just is that like a you thing? No, they hold mojitos. Really? How have I never noticed that? <laughs> <laughs> so cute. Um yes. Okay, wait, some other people to watch out for during this transit just cuz they have strong um Gemini placements and can currently have either an Aries Libra North Node South Node or a Pisces Virgo. Um, so it's like, okay, we're looking for these these big themes hitting the same people. So we've got Gretchen, which I love just keeping an eye on Gretchen in the background. And is this like when her and Slade commit to each other on a different level, um, maybe? Or does she come back? Oh, I would love that, actually. I don't know that she would, but I would love that.
1: Vicky's not coming back, apparently. But the news did come out during Mercury Retrograde, so who knows how permanent that is. But it leaves the door open, I feel like. And with Alexis, too. Although I did also see, like, Mercury Retrograde, all these rumors, like, stop playing me. But, like, Alexis apparently said she wasn't coming back, but I don't think so. Because I think John signed on to be on the show, too. John? Jansen.
0: Oh! Oh! Oh, that would be so amazing. Okay, I want that. I want that.
1: Yeah. I want that.
0: I'm like, oh my God, is wait, I did see Alexis's
1: name somewhere when I was doing research, but I guess okay alexis is an enigma to me because we don't know if she's a fucking cancer, not not cancer capricorn or aquarius sun or capricorn and aquarius moon like right right. isn't that weird part of the day where it's like she could be either and unless we know her time we won't know for sure but it's also interesting we talked about her and her saturnian placements um in a previous episode when we did our OC binge so definitely go check that out if you want like a little bit more on Alexis because I frankly really loved what you brought to the show and I am really here for this and um this would be interesting if this is also part this is also part of Shannon's Saturn return story uh, because, you know Shannon's Saturn return or already happened like it was very her Saturn in Pisces is very very early degrees and so you know with the Car incident, um, her crashing, her DUI, obviously, like her breakup, you know, her, I guess, counseling and things like that. You really see the impact of the Saturn return. Um, but it's, you know, it's not, as we all know, it's not just limited to that one thing. Things can be very multi dimensional, and the Saturn and Saturn's going to be in Pisces, you know, through 2026. So, like, there, this is just going to be a really tough, mature period of learning for Shannon yeah. um but you know my thoughts are with her yes
0: yes sorry just a few more Gemini people um
1: yes Whitney Sally. Rose
0: uh um, oh <gasps> yes Whitney Eileen Davidson which I mean everyone fucking loves Eileen so he's not coming back but i would love that and
1: ashley darby okay ashley darby okay oh my god have we arrived at the segment at the part of the show where we can start talking about people
0: well yes yes we'll talk about people and then we'll like wrap it up with pluto and aquarius oh shit okay
1: yes that's right you know what let's just like do pluto and aquarius really quickly not that it deserves to be only very quickly so you know pluto Right now, as I said earlier, we are in a Pluto and Capricorn Christmas, right? But it's not that we've been in Cap Pluto and Capricorn all year. We've already had this flavor between March and June of this year. Now, we will soon start to get the Pluto and Aquarius flavor, maybe a little more detachment, maybe a little more power to the people, maybe a little more let me embrace my authenticity and like let my freak flag fly type of energy. Um, that's coming through again this year in 2024 between jan 20th through september 1st and then at september 1st pluto is gonna retrograde back in a capricorn kind of doing this last dance so the vibe you're kind of feeling right now at this moment in time i want you to like oh my god did you hear there's literally the loudest honk outside as i'm like (laughs) universe is crazy sometimes um so the vibe that you're feeling right now, I want you to like take a mental snapshot or journal. Uh, it's a great moment to journal because I want you to see like what's happening at that moment, again, between September 1st and November 19th, because that is the last time Pluto will be in Capricorn in our lifetime. And it's at the last degree. So it's very, it's like a very meaningful period clearing the dust before we head into Aquarius. So, you know, A big thing that's come up is daddy issue stuff like Capricorn is very Saturnian um very authority like your relationship with your authority your relation with your values like how does it all relate to your dad you can also think about you know rebelling against grind culture hustle culture like we're humans not machines even though we are headed into an era where robots are becoming more present right but ideologically like we are human
0: yes yes and okay wait so i don't know if you mentioned the dates but so pluto will be fully in aquarius from november 19th 2024 and will remain there until march 8th 2043 and if you want to hear no 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 it'll be there
1: through gen 19th it like gen 19 2044
0: well i think march 8th is when it's fully in aquarius and then it starts going into the thing and retrograding back kind of thing. Yeah.
1: yeah yeah
0: yeah I think it does yeah um so So it will be there fully until March 8th 2043 and then it will start having this dance of retrograde and direct into um Pisces yeah which oh wow that's gonna be so interesting I think it's like We've seen such a change so much in society just in the past few years with the ending of Pluto and Capricorn and the kind of energetic shift into what Pluto and Aquarius is going to look like for us. And if you want to hear more about what Pluto and Aquarius means, go back and listen to our last year's um, year review for Looking forward to this year because we really get deep into um some themes. And I think it's really funny because I listened back to that episode and it's like, wow, yeah, AI has completely taken over. Like all these things that we're talking about of like, yeah, we'll see this in the next, you know, 20 years. It's like, no, it's already here. We can't even fathom as humans what these next years are going to bring us because that's what Aquarius is about and Pluto like Pluto power strength like bigger than you can imagine death rebirth like these two things together are going to be wild so definitely go back and listen to that episode
1: (laughs) but I do want to say not to be the Scorpio rising in the room lol um I want to emphasize the death and rebirth element because yes you can expect to see amazing leaps and bounds and transformation and it's like you know hopefully a society we all would be happy living in by the end of that tenure Mm -hmm. but in order to for things to grow things have to burn down and Pluto and Aquarius also brings in a burning down type of energy and I think we already kind of see this in the ether right now um you know, there, it's also part of what has made this very Pluto Capricorn Christmas, right? Because there is such a changing of the guard energy and that energy isn't going to switch off immediately. So next year, as it's finding its footing, might be very interesting.
0: Well, totally, not even just next year, but I mean, you mentioned, yes. like, you mentioned rebellion like the last time pluto was an aquarius we had the french revolution we had the founding of america um society and revolution to burn in order to be rebuilt and i think that that's kind of like yes that is pluto and aquarius on a societal level and then i feel like Pluto moving into Pisces is then like what are we imagining for the future? And it can be this really scary kind of dystopian time of like everything's a mess and there's a haze and there's deception and there's all this stuff, but it can also be that time to like envision what that better, brighter thing is. That when Pluto then moves into Aries, it's like we could start actioning on what that new society yeah, exactly. is going to look like.
1: Absolutely. I was it just had this thought like cuz obviously tying it back to Bravo we've had this reality reckoning mm-hmm. and I wonder what this would bring for it. I did notice that this Jupiter Uranus in Taurus conjunction was happening on Bethany's like close to Bethany's Saturn in Taurus and her Juno in Taurus. So, you know, contracts, laws, like things like that. Um, and you think about the context of, yeah, maybe we are going to move away from an old way of doing things as it relates to how we handle our reality TV. Um and even thinking from a housewives perspective, maybe we actually see a lot more revamps of cast moving away from the old cast to like introducing new energy into the fold. Like I can totally see that happening, but I can see... You know, the struggle between bringing back the old and the new coming up over the next year as Pluto does its stands and then when Pluto moves in Aquarius I see maybe a completely different, like a total new wave. I mean, because if you think about it right like from a summer house perspective too, how many summers can they all hang as like 40 somethings at a certain point and. Maybe they can. And maybe I'm underestim- underestimating, you know, this ability for the premise to keep going on. But if the premise was always supposed to be about a house in the summer having fun, it it's a different dynamic and people have kids. And I do wonder, right? Because like there are such strong Leo people in the cast that you have Pluto going into the opposing sign. There's gonna be kind of this like energetic, like come to Jesus moment, like, okay, like what that can actually quite be very course correcting so not to say like i think where summer house is going but
0: no i mean i agree with you and we're already seeing them bringing younger other bravo lebs into winter house and that's a way of them feeding it into the greater thing and i mean on mtv the same thing's happening with the challenge the older Mm -hmm. people are too old to compete in this challenge it just is what it is they don't want to do this anymore their bodies are tired and old now this season is like the first season that they don't have any champions on and the whole thing is that it's like the the new champ will be established but it's like if you had those older people there these new people would never be able to reach that level so it's yeah it's this like changing of the guards same with Winterhouse. it will be moving into summer house that's my prediction like that's just what's happening there and that's fine because it's like live- go on that's just mm-hmm. that that's that is what it is <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. yeah I feel like um it'll definitely be a shift it's definitely gonna be a shift for sure um but yes tell me Tasha's been dying she like looked into
0: Luann and um maybe one other person Ashley
1: uh, Yeah. okay this well, and actually and Candace okay so this is like my hot take well we'll start with Luann um, well actually, I don't necessarily have a hot take for Lu I just think that there's a lot of stuff happening in her chart that, like, given all the placements or transits that we talked about in this or highlighted in this forecast, like Luann's chart is fascinating. Okay. She has Saturn in Pisces. So again, she's going through her Saturn return. And as I said, you know, next year Saturn in Pisces is going to be, you know, between 5 to 14 degrees. So it means Saturn's like applying and getting really close to her Saturn. So she'll officially hit her Saturn return in in 2025, but as we all know, like when it applies, when a planet's approaching your natal placement, that's when you feel a lot of tension, usually.
0: Yes. And I think it will be interesting to keep an eye on Luann because as we see on Ultimate Girls Trip, she has started incorporating alcohol back in her life. And like mm-hmm. we saw with Shannon, one of these sides of what, um, you know, a Piscean um situation can be with a transit in terms of alcohol and it doesn't I'm not saying it has to go that way and Saturn's about boundaries it's about um finding out you know where the line is in a lot of ways and so this really could be Louie getting to that place of just like I can have the drink or two and enjoy myself and like it doesn't have to be again like we talked about crutches before it doesn't have to be a crutch for me
1: yeah, no, it's it's very true. I just want to say too, like, you know, if you it, it is a Saturn and Pisces, Saturn return situation, yes, but if you have mutable placements, Gemini, SAG, um, Virgo in those degrees that I highlighted, five to fourteen, like you're definitely going to be feeling some tension as well, um, as it relates to maturity, right? So, or being disciplined with your spirituality disciplined with your life type of energy and she just so happens to have venus and jupiter and gemini as we highlighted she'll also be going through her jupiter return and jupiter tends to magnify um it's interesting because you know her jupiter and venus are in her 12th house 12th house is a house of rehab is a house of solitude again it's not implying that this is what is going to happen but maybe the narrative I would like to think about is maybe she can actually let go of what she feels are like social things she needs to do or you know maybe she does curate the border or the boundary around her drinking better than ever right because Saturn can be very much about tightening up boundaries too so if she's maybe found the balance that would be interesting I do want to highlight though that Saturn will be also squaring um her nodal axis, her south node in Sag in her sixth house of habits and health, and her twelfth house and work, and her twelfth house of um again, you know, kind of like solitude, um being by yourself. It's a house of spirituality. It's a very Piscean house, right? So to like echo the Saturn in Pisces, so that was what really like stood out to me from just the saturn in pisces perspective okay she also has a mars uranus and pluto all in the degrees getting opposed by the saturn in pisces so again, you know Saturn opposing Uranus, Saturn opposing Mars, Saturn opposing Pluto is not really a fun time. Like I'm not saying it can't be good. I'm And I'm not saying it can't be a moment of true empowerment where you get to define those boundaries, right? So again, that's why the narrative I'm rooting for is, yes, you are able to really hold your boundaries and commit to them in a way that doesn't lead you towards like this level of escapism where you lose your own sense of truth. In this case, you know, it, in the third house, it's a very social house, right? Like it's restrictions on potentially like communication, socializing, things of that nature. So yeah, that Saturn in Pisces is going to be really interesting, like Luen next year. Definitely want to keep an eye on her. Um, but also this Jupiter Uranus conjunction is going to be happening on her sun in Taurus, like four degrees off, but close, I feel like enough to really, really i don't know there's gonna be like a breakout moment um in her 11th in
0: the 11th house so like um i i don't know maybe lou gets her own show like
1: another one of her own shows or something i don't like bring more lou to the people yeah yeah I mean that would be interesting I hope it's like not in the news for something else you know what I mean I know, I'm trying um, to stay positive I like really want the yeah. best
0: for her I like I, really I do love her journey and I love just how her she is and how it's like I don't know I love mm-hmm. her journey I love Lou I just want the best for her
1: <laughs> yeah same I think she's incredible and actually you know what I want to say that because looking at where this like Pluto is in her seventh house also like i do wonder if there's an element of potential relationship possibility too you know and like letting go of old fears around actual proper commitment versus like having fun and like you know what i mean especially given her past and whatnot so because her jupiter and venus are conjunct and if she's having her jupiter return it also means her venus is getting amplified the fuck out you know and so venus and relationships but also maybe um bringing oh I just had like a moment of clarity like I do wonder yes it is like can you make the right boundaries and choices but it's also going to involve her relationships with men and there is going to be a moment of like Mr. Right but there are going to be so many other Mr. Wrongs that are going to be on at her doorstep and she's going to have to understand her boundaries and her sense of self to be able to make the right decision for it Mm. that's how I'm viewing it especially because the South Node is moving through her fourth house. She's a Cancer Rising, apparently. And she's getting rid of old, old habits, right? So are you going to be repeating old habits and therefore meeting these actually, like, unavailable men? Or are you going to, like, actually really, really call in the right person for you and you have the discipline to recognize that?
0: Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, can't we yeah. see. What about Ashley? What do you see going on with Ashley?
1: Okay, so I think this Chiron eclipse is going to be really interesting for Ashley. She does have a an Aries moon mm-hmm. in her eighth house. And this, I think, is actually hitting that degree. In the eighth. Very, in the eighth, exactly. So, you know, first of all, right, like marriage house, shared resources house. It's a lunar, it's a solar eclipse So. um or oh, sorry, it's a lunar eclipse uh, in Libra. So, you know, it's in the second house. So she's getting money maybe. And like, it's a closing chapter because it's a lunar eclipse, things that eclipsed out of your life. That's the kind of energy we see. But not only that, her Jupiter is literally at 21 degrees, which is the same. Thing- Jupiter, as that Jupiter, which is very close to that Jupiter-Uranus conjunction, mm. so she's having a super-powered, explosive, like coming into her own Jupiter return, um, in her ninth house. So, like, maybe she gets like broadcasted in a different way. She travels a lot more. There's just opportunities globally. Who knows, right? Um, and then on top of that, she's got this massive Gemini stallium in her tenth house. Mm. So. It's gonna be like almost like a match is gonna get lit literally with this eclipse and it's just gonna take straight off. Like I think it actually is gonna be really fucking interesting. And especially that um, you know how what I said earlier about that lunar eclipse in Pisces at September 17th, that one's gonna be squaring her Mercury and Venus. So I do think also there's a chance Ashley actually gets into a relationship. Maybe not this year, but maybe this year into next year, but that's another hot take, right? Like I think maybe that's what's going to happen, but I do, I do think it makes sense, right? You want to make sure things are finalized before you either like announce or like put something out in the 10th house is such a public way. Um, so I can see that happening. i can can see her career expanding as well after she's got so many interests, obviously. And you know, as of late, we know she's like gone down more of a spiritual path as well. So I definitely see more of that and in being incorporated into her journey with that Jupiter Uranus um Taurus conjunction as well. um yeah, no i mean i I oh yeah, and Saturn's also be going to be hitting her Mars in her seventh house, so like, that was another sign that was another indication of oh cut and also oh commitment you know Mm -hmm. so finally formalizing one thing and getting into another long-term type of commitment yeah um and also maybe as it relates to shows too who knows
0: well I think yeah I could see I could see that too um yeah and then I, I it will be interesting to see what happens with her in terms of career with that 10th house stellium and Jupiter, um, because like a lot of other housewives have kind of come up with their own separate, their thing, their product, their whatever. Um, so maybe that candle. Yeah, exactly. Maybe that's when we see Ashley have her version of a wicked candle, a multi-wicked candle. Um, but as you said, it will probably be in relation to spirituality, like, um, yeah, the Chiron Venus, when when Jupiter kind of hits that could totally see yeah. healing to others, but maybe in a different way than it's traditionally done. Yeah.
1: Um, the way she brings it now on as like a uh, someone who you know steers a pot on reality tv someone who presents as curious on the show and um you know just so much fun right chicken shit bingo lol i like love that they did bring chicken shit bingo to the mainstream but as someone from austin i appreciate it but i'm not sure everyone appreciated it yeah so, never mind
0: yeah well especially like went with pluto moving into aquarius in her six kind of like a change in career yeah. a change in um
1: co-workers <laughs> yeah yeah that one's a big one but also okay this is okay this will be like my probably like my last like hot hot take um
0: no on and on and on but we'll be talking about these things as as the transits are hitting.
1: <laughs> yes yes um just very quickly i i think that candace might be announcing or i don't know I, he- I see some pregnancy Signification in the chart So like And I think it's lovely She has a Gemini moon Right? With this Jupiter and Gemini In her eighth house Like whenever I see that happen I usually am like Oh Interesting Um, But Here's the thing Here's the thing Here's the thing Saturn is going through Her fifth house So it can And it's going to be hitting Her Mars and Jupiter um, In Pisces And fifth house is children that's where i'm getting the signification from um you know moon jupiter hitting her moon moon is naturally a significator of like conception cancer the mother you know that type of energy um i think that there's a likelihood that that could happen but now that i'm looking at it too if i like think about the darker side of it right like on the flip side like you could also see like Separation the other way, right? Because it's like Jupiter, Mars, and Saturn coming together in a fifth house, or separation. No, maybe it's. I'll rephrase that. It's a. Oh, and actually, you know what? This statement is gonna cover all of it. Whether she has a child, whether she ha- like they stay together, whether all these things, right? It is. She's ultimately having a different role, having a different um conversation it's like a new beginning of a more formalized type of commitment within the relationship around like honesty and being able to like share more things with each other and an openness and it's skewing or getting rid of like an old relationship pattern um that might have not been as um I don't know that might have not cultivated to that moon in Gemini in the eighth where it is so much about we need to be talking about our experiences a lot and like cultivating that vulnerability um together so I actually kind of think it's going to be like a really interesting um shift for them and I actually hope it's in like the I hope it's in like an evolved mature way so I do see like potential for conception childbirth type of energy but you know you never know
0: yeah you never know I don't know I like I'm not just I'm just not feeling those vibes from them but you never know so we'll yeah (laughs) yeah
1: yeah, no, 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 Just, you know, just covering the bases. And at the end of the day, right. Like I don't really know what's happening in their life. We're just kind of seeing like things play out. And with her, it's just very whole sign. So even like with degrees and angles and stuff like that's not, you know, mm-hmm. for certain as well. But um, I just think it is interesting that the two houses getting affected are the fifth and the eighth, creation, merging, marriage, romance, like, you know, just like interesting houses. Yeah, um definitely. Yes yes yeah but I feel like we've riddled on for far too long we could literally like go on about this like for 90,000 is there anyone in specific like I know I have like hogged most of this section like is there anyone specifically you're like someone to watch out for and that's that's gonna be a wild card
0: well my random wild card is um what's her name Gabriella Judice. Uh, I just like I saw that a bunch of things are hitting her I I can't get into specifics and I didn't really care to look into specifics because I just don't care that much about her but just as a random wild card we can watch out for Gabrielle Judice. but on that note I would love to wish everybody a very happy new year thank you all for being with us through our first full year of podcasts, mm-hmm. which is super exciting. And I'm so grateful to have Tasha as my partner. I'm so grateful to everyone who listens to us. And um, you're definitely going to want to hit subscribe because we have a banger of a bonus coming your way. And we're not letting anyone know when it's dropping. It's just gonna arrive uh in, in your podcast library. So <laughs>
1: yes no I echo everything Emma said um oh I literally I look forward to talking to you every week I look forward to actually like you know for whoever's listening like talking to y'all in on Instagram you know it's it always brings me so much joy when you like share your opinions or like how you feel about a placement or a sign like I love the passion that comes through. Yes, we all, you know, hate Gemini's. I'm just kidding, Noah. Um, but, you know, if you are looking for more Bravo Astrology content, definitely follow us along at the Cosmic Clubhouse. Um I would really love it if, you know, you have any also suggestions on what you would love to see. We'd love to hear from you as we think about, you know, our next year. Yes.
0: And on that note, we'll see you guys next year.